welcome to Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson. And I'm Bree Watson. And this is a podcast where we talk about the struggles balancing life and art. Mm-hmm. And Bree, uh, let's throw in physical healthy activities as well, because you got to look after the vessel. I understand you did some of those today. I went skating with the munchkins, with the with the kitties. How uh, Canadian. It, it was quite Canadian, unlike other things that are going on in Canada right now. This was wholesome and good. Yes. Nick, why don't you tell our listeners at home what it is you do in case this is the first time they're tuning into the episode? Yeah, yeah. So um, I've got a, a gerb where I have to do a whole bunch of risk stuff on computers all day. Um, and it's like nine to five hours, 40 hour work week. Uh, but then Brie, I want to do writing. I the want writing. to be the writing. written word, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, you can't just write, you got to take stuff in too. So like reading, watching films, uh, so going skating, going skating. Yeah. Looking after one's health, eating mm-hmm. food is, is important. You should do that. Nutrients. So like fill all that crap into your day and good luck. Uh, good luck having any time wasting on Twitter. It's true. It's uh, true. Just I I gotta yeah. cut it out, man. Do it. Just cut it out. Cut it out. Oh, oh R.I.P. Bob Saget. Even though he's <laughs> not the one who used to say those lines. <laughs> no, that was that Uncle Joey. Uh, yes, it was uh, Dave Coulier. You got it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Just do it. I'm reading like I don't know. Have you heard? Have you heard of Mark Manson? <laughs> Nope. He wrote that like subtle art of not giving a shit book. Oh, I, I don't think it's a shit, but yes, <laughs> that book it is, is in our house. Exclamation mark. <laughs> it's an How F I... word. Oh, isn't you're it? right. It is shit. You're right. It is fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, don't know why I said shit. I, I censored and I, then I thought you were, it is fuck. Oops. I'm sorry. <laughs> Respect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. But yeah, anyway, uh, he had a good one recently that was like, yeah, if you want to do something, it's fucking hard, but just fucking do it. You know, basically, like, that's not a direct quote. It's yeah. Like, if it was easy, you know, it's one of those, if it was easy, oh, everybody would do it kind of sure. thing. Yeah. And I just need to be reminded of that kind of stuff. Like, you got to get out of your comfort zone if mm. you want to achieve anything. And that means get off Twitter because it's, oh, and then what else was I reading? Oh, my goodness, Nick, this is good. You're tapping into my brain right now. Okay. I was just reading about, uh, oh, yeah, I'm reading James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and basically how, like, cell phones in general are just Mm. made, they're, like, made for you to waste time on them. It, like, chemically, the way way that you Mm -hmm. interact with your cell phone is just, like, made for ease and laziness. They're little dopamine machines. We're we're the freaking rat in the maze hitting the, the cheese button, you know what I mean? Over and over and over, and that cheese is Twitter. Uh, uh, you know what's worse than Twitter right now is fucking Instagram with their little vignettes and the, the their yeah I, I don't whatever they're called it's like stories the little, stories yeah, but it's basically just TikTok videos yeah it's Instagram's version or it's Meta's version of TikTok oh goddamn Meta <laughs> well why don't I tell folks what I do <laughs> we'll okay Brian we'll get Brian everybody Brian. up to date. You talk. Um, uh, my name is Bree, and I'm a comedian and an improviser and a, an improv instructor. And, uh, oh, dare I say entrepreneur, because I own my own business, uh, which is Improv Niagara in the, mm. in the Niagara region. 
and um, you know among uh, and then a sketch comedian and a you know comedy right anyway i'm trying to do all of the comedy things i live in the niagara region with my husband and my cat um jelly bean in case you're wondering is and, the cat or the husband i'm not sure yeah i'm married to jelly bean <laughs> And yeah, and then the struggle here involves trying to get all that done and also, you know, maintaining one's health and maintaining one's uh, social uh, things and, you know, living through a pandemic and all that mm. kind of stuff. Trying to find balance there. Yes. Um, today is episode number 75 and we're chatting with Megan Frazier, who's uh, a makeup artist based in Toronto. Um, she does a lot of really, well, in addition to doing um special effects makeup on movies and in tv shows she also uh has a really cool <laughs> instagram where she does a lot of self painting onto herself a very her, creating different her uh, face creative. is her canvas that's literally true. that's true uh, so we're gonna chat with megan you're gonna hear that in a couple seconds this was a really fun episode i um, learned a lot brie yeah, I'm sure you're not, you probably weren't super aware of what was going on in the makeup industry, Nick. No, but like when she talks about it, you're like, oh God, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. So it's get, another... ready. get ready to learn, everybody. I like learning. I like learning. Speaking sure. of learning, uh, how, uh, how how is your editing process? I don't know. That's a bad segue. Oh, no, no. I got to, I'm, I'm struggling to do my short story right now. Oh, is it... Um... Toronto Star. It's Toronto Star short story. And how long do you have to do it? Uh, till the end of February. And have you begun writing? Uh, not writing. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm still in the, I, want, I keep saying thought bubbles, but that's not right. You can brainstorming. be in the thought bubbles. Oh, okay. <laughs> brainstorming. I yeah. See. A, brain, a good brainstorm, once yeah, it gets like, raining, will drop many thought bubbles onto yeah. you. So. I know what the story is. This one wants to write itself. Like I tried to think of other ideas, but this one kept coming up. So I'm like, fine, I'll do you. So we're going to see how that goes. Then be the conduit of the muse, Nick. Yeah. It's very much uh, couched in the, in the last two years of this global fucking shit show. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to reading it. Good luck continuing to write it. Thank you. Um, uh. I'm going back to yeah. in-person teaching tomorrow, and I oh, am scared. Wow. <laughs> oh, wait. Why are you scared? You're all vaxxed, right? Yeah, I don't know. But other pe but people I know who are vaxxed are still getting COVID, you know? like mm. So I, know, I don't know. I guess I'm not oh, that terrified. I know it's not that bad you know, I think if we're getting, you're vaxxed. No matter what, we're going to get it. I've just been really used to not getting sick these past <laughs> yeah. couple of years, and I'm, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. Three Marins got it. Oh, poor Marin. Oh my goodness, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. The mur, 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 mur. Yes. Um, oh, poor Marin. Is he doing okay? He's doing okay, sounds like. Yeah. Our friend of the podcast, Dave Lottie, has it. Poor guy. Duh. And he's also getting over it, so that's good. There you go. Um, yeah, I guess that's just, good. I just we like just gotta it. watch out for for the under fives and our immunocompromised friends. They're True. they're still in trouble. That's right. Keep an eye on them. Uh, it will be the first time I check out Comedy Bar's new location, so that'll Comedy be bar. interesting. Comedy Bar, Comedy Bar East. Go right in Greektown, Avery. You can get no. Some it's theater. beyond Greektown, just because oh. it's further. It's Is further that like Turkish east. town, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or basically in 
the <laughs> the cold winters of Scarborough. <laughs> uh, not quite Scarborough, but it's yeah, it's further east than Greektown for sure. Oh, okay, cool. It's in. It, it seems to be in the furniture district. <laughs> I was looking at the map, and there are so many different furniture stores, and it the building itself used to be a furniture store. So love that. Plenty yeah. of chairs available. I was hoping there'd bunch. be lots of yeah, lots of comfy beds, <laughs> just in case you get tired of the drive on the way there. So that's happening, yeah. And then everything's kind of opening up this month, so we're gonna see if we can start putting on some shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, in January, we tried to do as many. You know, we did a couple online shows, and I think we're still gonna do some online shows in the coming, you know, future. I cool. found, yeah, I found that it's such a great way to connect people who. You know, we've got a buddy from one of Improv Niagara's former castmates is currently living out in B.C. So we don't really get to talk to them that often. But now, you know, they can come in and jam with us if we're having a jam. And it's a great way to stay connected. If there are people who um, if the weather's too bad and they don't want to get out of the house or whatever the case may be, it's a fun way to to still stay connected and united. Um, Yeah. So we're going to probably keep doing a couple of those. Uh, as we continue moving back into the real world as well. Um, the new normal. That's right. I do find it interesting, Nick, that you're okay. Yeah, I don't know. Are you, are you encountering, before we jump into the episode, are you encountering any struggles of any kind? Uh, getting the short story written. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what's uh, holding you back? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a darker story and depressing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. And like I said, the Instagram, like I come downstairs to work, I plop on the couch. I'm like, I'll just look at a video. And then that's five hours later. No, you have to keep. So this is what James Clear says. Yes. He says you have to make these habits. If you want to break them, you have to make them unattractive. So you have to keep this. You have to make give yourself a challenge to accessing your phone. Do you need your phone when you're writing? I mean, just for music listening. Um. Can you listen to music in a different way, like on your actual computer? Well, no, I mean, no, uh, no, it's good to do the music listening on my phone because uh, the way it's set up in my office, it's unreachable. It's like behind me. So the struggle is to get to the office. Okay. And, and not and then, this, this yeah. delightfully comfortable couch. Well, maybe put shit on the couch. Put oh. stuff on the couch so you can't sit on it easily. Mm-hmm spiky things preferably <laughs> but that was it he said it's like make it unappealing make it difficult make it a challenge to have to do the things that are sucking all your time because right now like like we were mentioning earlier it's so easy to just grab your phone and then before you even know it like you said you've been spending like 20 25 minutes staring at people dance you know, i don't give a shit about people dancing uh, I do either, actually. But... I kind of like watching. You know, there are videos of people doing ballet and tap that I find really interesting. But I don't have. I shouldn't be spending my time doing that. Cool. My uh, here's my struggle this month. I found out I have high blood pressure. Oh my god! Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah. So they said. So I talked to my doctor, and my doctor was like, "Okay, either you could go on medicine, or like I'm tempted to give you medicine, or." you know, we could try some ways to lower it naturally. And I'm like, cool. What are those ways? Mm -hmm. And she told me, and I have been doing them and I, it's been a week now and I have lowered it pretty significantly. So yeah, the past like week has been just modifying my whole life (laughs) to accommodate for this. Luckily, Dan's such a great cook that we've had, we've, you know, we've actually made it fun. We've made it like good. You know, I don't feel like I'm lacking. I don't feel like, yeah, exactly. I'm not like sad about it. And I think it's, 
I don't know if I told you this. No, because last time we spoke was last year's kind of episode wrap up. And I had yeah. I, like I had already. So there's two things that are weird here that I want to tell you about, Nick. Uh-huh. The first one is that like at the beginning of the year, I'm like, that's it. I'm off Coke. I read this. You know, I'm reading this book. That's oh, like Coke bad is the habits. devil. Oh, my I know. God. I'm like, that's it. I'm off Coke. So I had already started not drinking Coke and then yeah. got this news. So luckily, I was like already a step in the way of, you know, reducing the right the direction. Of, yeah, oh, exactly. Right, so that helped. And the other thing is I picked. Do you ever do this? I pick words of the year. Like I listen no, to a lot I of do them. not. But car- oh. carry on. <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of a word of the year. And you hope that's like that's you set that like intention for the year. So some people it's like, you know, um, some people it's like motivation or mm. or health or, you know, abundance or all kinds of, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you want to bring and invite into your life that year. Last year, my word was pay. So because I just wanted to be it wasn't because it was the pandemic, I wanted to be like I wanted to focus on getting really good at, at my books, you know, yep. making sure my books were done and like I wasn't lagging behind because I would I'll, sometimes I'll be like, oh, whatever, I'll take care of that later. And then it ends up being four months and I haven't done any of my receipt tracking or anything. Oh, like OK, like, OK. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to stay on top of that. But I also wanted to make sure that, you know, when I did work, I was getting paid for it and I wanted to make sure, you know uh you know money it was a money thing and improv niagara ended up doubling our revenue last year so it was oh, kind nice. of like, cool yeah go go <laughs> go so here's the weird thing though so my my word for this year was systems okay i want to improve my systems yep and like two weeks in i get this call from the doctor who's like your this cardiovascular is, yeah. system. And this is exactly what you have to do to get it back on track. Follow this system, you know? Mm. I was like, well, that's all right. <laughs> You're like, that's your opinion. I'm going to do my own research. <laughs> research, yeah. Well, what do you think, Nick? Shall we get to the episode? Yeah, let's do. Were you, um... Yeah. All right. Get ready. This is episode 75. You're about to hear Megan Frazier talk to us about makeup. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoy. Teaching and talking to blank screens, it's it's like I'm talking to a wall. And then my yeah. class is probably like 20 minutes longer than it has to be because I just keep rambling. Mm. You don't get that acknowledgement of like the head nod of like, okay, I get this. Yeah. Luckily so with improv, like they, you have to see them on improv. They can't opt out of turning their cameras on. We, we made it, it used to be a rule because privacy, because a lot of students, um, like their backgrounds kind of could give away where they are for safety reasons. And sure. like some people okay. maybe didn't have the nicest uh, house so that's why now there's an option to, like blur their background so right. now we're like suck it you have to be on yeah, like, your... camera but also oh. like you're in school you need to prove that you're in school don't yeah. be don't try to be sneaky because also you can um go into zoom afterwards and see how long everybody was in the zoom call so if oh. they like logged in and logged out so <laughs> there used to be like a, what i don't remember it was another not zoom it was like a i don't know go to meeting or something there would be a little button or like a little light that would show up if you could tell the person watching the presentation sort of drifted off or wasn't paying attention. A little light would go up next to their like name. their eye focus left. Yeah, so you could be like, "Oh, that's ah. creepy." I know. That's, that's like above. Like that's too much. I think. Yeah, go to meeting was too much. It was not. It was not very. That's easy. funny. And a laser came out and shot you. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, 
welcome Megan Frazier to the podcast. We're so happy to uh, to have you here. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Hey, Megan, uh, for those of you at home listening, is a makeup artist, uh, I guess, but also like a writer and also a comedian and also a teacher. Or have you abandoned a couple of those titles? See, like comedy was something that I was, uh, you know, gung ho hardcore for. And then I went to school for makeup and then I couldn't pursue comedy as much. And then I got lazy <laughs> and I realized leaving my house at any point was too much for me. So I was like, I'll stick to just like joking on the internet, but I do want to go back to it. I do miss, uh, the performing. I think I, the five year, five year, six year hiatus has been enough. So maybe. I'll blame the pandemic and for not well, yeah, <laughs> that's right now. For at least like half of it anyway. Yeah. But I, I hate to start the conversation being like, we're going to go back to comedy because you're obviously a really great makeup artist. You're good at what you do. They hired you to teach at a professional institution. Do <laughs> you want to talk to us a little bit about how you got into uh, being a makeup artist? Yeah, um, it kind of happened due to uh, sadness and depression. <laughs> I think uh, I was, uh, as most uh, I, yeah professions begin that way. I think it it's kind of started with uh, I was going through like a fresh breakup. I had turned twenty seven, and I was working at like a garbage restaurant. Sorry if the, you could figure out which restaurant I worked at, <laughs> but um, and I just had a moment of like, what am I doing? I need some sort of viable skill like even if it's not like a job job like I need to know how to do something so uh my friend Kristen was like oh you love Halloween why don't you look into being a makeup artist because she was working in film already and she was like you know it's a job and I never even really knew all the avenues of being a makeup artist and also this is back in like 2011 2012 when Instagram wasn't really that big and like Pinterest I don't think really was around so there wasn't that kind of um oversaturation of um makeup and beauty well, yeah. and all that now stuff. everything just, every single human now is a drag queen so yeah I mean, everyone's a drag queen yeah. everyone's a makeup artist everyone's a photographer uh because um the internet says so but uh so when I was looking up schools I um there's a couple in Toronto that I was looking at, but they were really expensive. And then I had a nervous breakdown being like, I can't afford school. Um, and then I started Googling just working makeup artists in film. And a lot of them had went to Sheridan. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like Sheridan, eh, but that's where I work now too. But, um, and it's a great, great school. I had a really great time there. I took, um, they have a two-year makeup program as well as an advanced uh, special effects program. So Ooh. I did all the things and what's the, what uh, is the just like makeup what, what do we talk what's the difference makeup versus special effects makeup so the ma regular makeup program is kind of um it helps you kind of almost realize what you want to do like I obviously I'm somebody who wants to do everything so it was kind of nice for me um but you know you t first semester you kind of learn the basics of like color theory and just like the basic application of everything then you start getting into things like era and trends and then you get into like tv and film makeup and theatrical makeup. And then you get into like body painting and out of kit special effects. So when you graduate just the makeup program, you basically have all the skills to like work in fashion, work in TV and film, work in where mm -hmm. kind of whatever outlet you kind of want to. And then the advanced special effects program is kind of, um, you learn how to make prosthetics mm -hmm. that you use for film. You learn how to make props, you learn how to make puppets. It's more than just makeup program. It's like prop building. So this is um, where all your like 
just your Instagram full of fingers comes. I make a lot of fingers. I have like, a, like I'm just like, I love that. No one's gonna be able to see this, but I just have like a rubber hand. <laughs> oh, there it is. Yeah, there's my hand I made uh, out of silicone. But yeah, just the random, but that's what I really liked about the program too, is this, the random skills I learned. Like I made my cousin finger earrings for Christmas because she's <laughs> a lot like me and loves the horror and gore of stuff. So I made two, uh, two molds of my pinky fingers and uh, painted <laughs> them up and sent them to, I'm glad they weren't like confiscated by like Canada Post. Yeah. <laughs> we made it to Kelowna. So, um, like, but just little stuff. Like I was working on a film. The reason I was on the hair, the highway, scary highway during the, the snowstorm we had uh, to drive to Belleville to, I made a puppet, like a Muppet, a Muppet puppet. Um, for a film and I got a puppeteer so that was really cool too so that was an opportunity I ended up getting from taking that program I never made a puppet for someone that was put in a film yeah and I got a puppeteer as well so yeah I got to make a a puppet from scratch and it was really really fun I got to make like a we we kind of dubbed it like a a Muppet that you'd buy off of Wish where it was a little bit off (laughs) yeah I couldn't really I couldn't really 100% (laughs) steal um exactly how they would make it look uh but a little bit of everything was slightly off so (laughs) an alibaba uh muppet but uh, (laughs) it was really really fun it was like something that i would love to pursue even more so another thing you never know i'm sure you're the same way where you you kind of find one thing and it kind of like branches out into numerous different opportunities and you can you know take what you get you never it's life right you never know what path you're going to end up on yeah well especially there's so so many different avenues in the film industry you know and and being in toronto it's yeah there are quite a few comedians i know who got super into puppet making yeah it's weird it's yeah i think it's just our childhood i think if we're all around that age of like muppets like fraggle rock (laughs) no fraggle rock's back yeah like that that was my thing it's also all the kids shows were puppets right so sesame street yeah. yeah, Sesame Street or like even like Big Comfy. I was a little bit too old for my Big Comfy Couch. Still watched it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but all those shows, yeah, we were really like to to give something that doesn't really have the uh, the emotion you can bring to someone like a face uh, and still you know you know exactly what they're thinking just by movement is so neat. Yeah. So neat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about for and for anybody listening at home, you got to check out Megan Fraser's. Uh, instagram just because uh, of the insane body art that you do on a regular basis now we were just talking about puppets and i was thinking of like dinosaurs <laughs> the tv oh, yeah. show then i remembered your baby <laughs> what was baby sinclair, baby sinclair. <laughs> body art uh which is amazing so what so is it just kind of uh, with the growing of instagram that you were like i can use this as a platform to sort of showcase my my abilities here it's, it was, yeah, the whole body painting thing kind of came out of uh, a mixture of things. Um, my Instagram has never been like super popular and it's still Twitter wise though. That's another thing that maybe you do, maybe you don't know Nick and everybody at home. Uh, Megan wrote, uh, co-wrote that stats can book that was super popular for a while. Mm. The, the Twitter, we- uh, Twitter, the Twitter website. <laughs> that was hilarious. Page. Yeah, for stats it was a can. weird, it was a weird time. Uh, yeah, 2012, <laughs> that was around 2012, 2013. So it was right when I decided to go back to school. I got involved with this Twitter account just, just randomly, I think. Uh, cause that was around the time, like Twitter was big. Like that was like Twitter comedians came out of the woodwork. 
And it was still uh, fun too. It wasn't yeah, all bots and that evil. That was like when I I joined Twitter right around then. Yeah. Like, oh. And then yeah, we started this what? stupid Twitter account about making fun of <laughs> random. But it's also so funny because so many different um, Twitters and even like things like the Beaverton and stuff like that, I feel kind of rolled off. Not saying like he started it, but like <laughs> that that just complete kind of randomness of Twitter making fun of things and having people think it's real at sar- uh, that satire. Um, and then we had, yeah, an agent, uh, like a literary agent just messaged us one day in our, <laughs> in our DMs. And uh, <laughs> we were just like, okay, not even thinking, we thought like we'd get self-published and then um, uh, sell on Amazon or whatever. But then when we sent the idea to a couple publishers, like four or five got back to us and we're like, yeah, Nice. Yeah. So we got to, we got to choose, which was neat. So we went with penguin. Um, cause the, the, we liked the idea that they had that they were like, we want it to kind of be like a bathroom reader where nothing's more than a couple pages. Um, that's kind of what Twitter is anyway, you know? Yeah. And also that was kind of our thing. Like we can't write, like even the, the, uh, the larger content that we wrote for the book was still only like four or five pages. Mm. We mm. to stick with like the like graphs and charts and, uh, just easy, easy reading that was uh, funny because we how how small like the humor was very uh, um, you know childlike ish. So I think if we tried to drag that out into like a twenty page um, <laughs> thesis, thesis, yeah, thesis, good word. Um, no one would care. So uh, it was great. And then uh, we got a second book. I wasn't a part of the second book, but. Uh, it did well as well. And then, uh, things happen. If you know, if anyone knows the story of what happened with one of our writers did bad things. Oh, uh, so oh he, God. uh, yeah, <laughs> I could get yeah. into it. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if anyone cares, but, uh, look it up. One of our writers was a creep. Uh, oh, so then oh. disbanding, uh, happened and, uh, yeah, that's too bad. That's man. kind of what, and also that like, you kind like- of, yeah, as far as a natural the, end happened anyway, but then okay. a non-natural end happened with yeah. creepiness. And uh Ugh, can I just stop? Can man can I just say I want just man to stop. Can we stop? So many like new stories about comedians all the time. Well, I know, I don't know. I know the comedy world, right? And I'm sure it's happening everywhere, but uh everywhere, yeah. yeah. Just the the yeah, the 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 stories of you're just like, oh then you kind of some of them are like some of them aren't shocking and you're like, Yeah, I yeah. knew that. Yeah, I saw that one coming. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, Maybe before we jump into Instagram, or Instagram, I feel like I like I'm like I feel a little bit out of sorts because I haven't started at the beginning, and normally I like to start at the beginning. Tell us about little Megan Fraser as a kid, how you got into you know the how you discovered your creativity and how you sort of decided you wanted to pursue it. Is that okay, Nick? Well, I see a green light on Nick, which means maybe you wanted to say something. Oh, I have, I'm sorry for the green light. I didn't know I was doing that. Oh, okay. <laughs> you you might a, a slight sound. <laughs> yeah. that's a, that, uh, Bree, that's a, that's a very good question. I don't know. Uh, no, I think, again, <laughs> uh, like art, art kind of ran in my family. Like, none of my family really pursued it. Like my mom's even like, I don't know where it came from. Like, wasn't grandpa an actor? She's like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I think she forgets like my grandfather was uh, an actor he did a lot of theater in Alberta and my, oh. uh, met my grandmother and then my grandma on the other side is a painter. So it's like, and then my uncles ah. are radio DJs. So it's like, <laughs> it was awesome. a weird, like still being artistic and like wanting to perform and stuff like that, but in different ways. 
Mm-hmm. But I was always like building stuff. Like I did, I made like a lot of paper mache puppets when I was a kid. I made like Ooh, a wow, cool. marionette out of, and my mom's like, your floor was always like sticky with glue and <laughs> flour. Um, <laughs> making stuff like that. And then, I don't know, I was never high school. I kind of got into drama and like improv. I think that was kind of the beginnings of, I never really pursued like practical art when I was in mm-hmm. school, but I was in like band and I was in drama. And then I was lucky and went to a high school that had an improv team. And we went to, my was, I went, I lived in Calgary. So Calgary was like the one city that wasn't part of the Canadian improv games. So That's it was like, weird. I didn't even know about it. And then yeah. I moved here. Everyone's like, were you a part of it? I'm like, no. Yeah, I went to um, a French school. So that's why we didn't know about it. We had different improv stuff, but just for French people. Anyway, <laughs> why so, wouldn't the, why wouldn't Calgary be? I part don't know. Of I think it might've been because we, I went to Loose Moose. I did a lot of right. improv with Loose Moose. <gasps> and I think it's because maybe Keith, Keith Johnson. Sorry. Did you train with Keith at all? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was, uh, he was very intimidating at first and then a uh, very, very nice man. Very smart. Um, had some amazing stories. Uh, and when I started there, so yeah, I did improv in high school and then I was in the plays and stuff. And I was like, I want to be an actor. And that was my goal at first. Um, then I started doing improv and then I fell into doing stand-up as a joke. A lot of my life, <laughs> you, you know me at all, a lot of my uh, big accomplish, accomplishments in quotes no, have happened because I thought, that, that, come on, Don't, that's a self-limiting eh. I'm calling out. You're doing great. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the things I've done are because I thought it'd be funny. Uh, and doing stand-up, I was like, never really thought of being a stand-up, but me and a couple other improvisers were like, why don't we go to Yuck Yucks? They usually have like a meeting, uh, before the, um, the show. So they have like whoever was headlining or middling or whatever, sometimes would do like a, a question answer period before the Tuesday night show, which would be like the amateur night. So I'd go early and we listened. I can't remember. I can't, I wish I remember who it was. Um, was it Nikki Payne? Ugh, I don't remember. Uh, Nikki Payne was one of them, which I was really inspired by, which later lived with her uh, in oh, Toronto, cool. which was so weird. Um, but uh, funny lady. You're she's boring. so funny and so, so nice. And so, so nice. Uh, so nice. Um, but yeah, I ended up doing, uh, okay. So to get into amateur night, they passed the bowl around and you like, dug out a number and if you got a number you're on the show the next week so we're all like let's try it and like there was like 60 amateur people trying to get on for five slots so I was like I'm not gonna get it and I drew number two and I was like fuck uh I was like I don't I've never written stand-up before um I guess I'm on next week so is it like five minutes or it was five minutes yeah like four and a half usually but um I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I remember watching the show and kind of just like sussing out everybody being like, okay, okay. I have, I know what a stand-up joke is. Um, so I've heard uh, of this humor before. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so uh, I wrote five minutes looking back. Ooh, I had one joke that I hope there's no record of because it's so, <laughs> it's not like a, no, it's offensive in like a not disgusting way, but I remember do, saying it and I was like, Ooh, I hope like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not again it was the early 2000s yeah we had, we had uh, a lot to learn <laughs> I was 18 17 18 could I drink it 18 I was 18 because I'll okay. drink at 18 um but yeah I remember but yeah the stage was uh kind of off to the side so you could see what I was doing and I was just pacing back and forth and at the time it was before iPhone so I had like a tape recorder that oh. I put down oh, okay um 
which is so funny thinking about like I had to buy a separate tape recorder I know um now our phones do everything but uh the guy who was I have this on tape I wish I still had the tape recorder but it's on tape uh wherever in a a garbage dump wherever that (laughs) tape recorder ended up but uh he asked me what my name was and I said Megan and he thought I said Brenda which doesn't sound like Megan at all uh so when he introduced me, he's like, Megan, or he's like, a good friend of mine, which always makes me laugh, uh, uh, Brenda Fraser. So the first thing I said was like, oh, my name's actually Megan. I'm glad uh, we've been friends for years. So that got a laugh. So I think that was like, <laughs> that off the bat, the nerves kind of went away. And I was like, okay, I think I have, because from doing improv, like, you know, when you have the audience and you can literally say anything. Was he trying like, to be funny? Like a Brendan yeah, Fraser? Was that a joke? <laughs> I don't don't know. I didn't even think of Brendan Fraser. Uh, Oh, Brenda. I should have gone with that. Oh, let me go back in time to 2001. I, whenever that was, but, um, but he helped me. I think I would have probably just sweat through my shirt and cried after if I didn't get that first little laugh. Um, and then, yeah, I did the set and went off and the manager kind of took me aside and asked me if I wanted to start doing Wednesday nights. And I was like, I just, whoa. it After happened very fast. That's great. Um, and this so yeah. is, wait, this is yucks in Toronto or in Calgary? In Calgary. Oh, oh awesome. I, I, okay. If you ever want some terrible yucks Toronto stories, I have numerous. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can only imagine. And that's why I, uh, haven't I, been back for were, five years. <laughs> well, also, yeah. And also I, I call them out a lot on social media because they yeah. do some horrendous shows. Like they no one needs to go see a white dude white the guys white power show. show or whatever yeah the oh white, the white <laughs> yeah. Uh, supremacist there's the word i'm looking for yeah. um but yeah so anyway back to young megan um yeah once i, I kind of hit a point where i couldn't really pers- go any higher because yucks didn't want me to tour because i was too, i was a young woman and they were concerned for my safety well that's the first oh, time that's so noble of them <laughs> that's the first time yucks has ever been concerned about a woman's oh, safety women i know later when the white supremacists and like proud boys were harassing me on social media yucks did nothing oh. um Where were you they? know just have aaron berg who's like feel free to bleep his vo- i don't care you can come after me uh <laughs> who has many white supremacist fans uh, uh getting his them to come after me was a great time um Ugh. but anyway i ended up moving to toronto i went to humber college for comedy writing and performance Ooh, what and, uh so did i who were your uh classmates anybody still doing comedy yeah uh so i i think i was one of the last years when they, they had a like a one-year like post-grad version yeah, that's what i think so they, i would have loved to have taken because i had already studied I'd already gone to university and stuff, but yeah, whatever, I did two years, but I, fine. I got in because, uh, I submitted a tape of my standup and just talked about how I'd already been doing this for a bit. And I felt nice. like I didn't need a full two years and they're like, okay. So it was <laughs> me and my friend, Will, who I did improv and standup with in Calgary, we kind of moved together. Oh, nice. So, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, so Rebecca, probably the most, uh, there's, there's a lot, uh, like Rebecca Adelman, she's a director now. She yeah. directed, um, a couple of movies and she directs TV shows, uh, doing very, very well, cool. uh, which is cool. Cause she also came from not really performing or doing much. So we had kind of had like, um, at Humber, there was like 30 of us, but that we were kind of like the young, the young guns. Cause there's a lot of older, cause it was a post-grad program. Mm. There were a lot of like 40 year old, I'm like saying a lot of old 40 year olds. I'm like, <laughs> I just turned 39. Awesome. Uh, 
but a lot of older people, uh, older, yeah, older not, than not 20, 21 yeah. year old, like <laughs> exactly. me. Yeah. Um, so we all kind of found each other, uh, that way. So, uh, there's a guy named Kevin Gleese. He moved to Atlanta. He's uh, an improviser and does movies. He's married to Amber Nash, who voices uh, a character on Archer, which is pretty oh. cool. Um, but yeah, he was super cool and a, a really great guy to know. Uh, Josh Saltzman, also, he's a, he writes for TV for children's television. He was in my John. class. Um, who else was in my class? Trevor Boris, who kind of dropped out halfway through. Uh, Humber, at the time, always had kind of one... Uh, especially in the postgrad, they'd always like give one person a scholarship and then oh. they'd kind of be like the big name. And Trevor was like a really, well, he still is uh, a good performer, um, but he was kind of like the up and comer at the time. Gotcha. So they, he was like the, the, the golden boy and then he dropped out and everyone's oh, like, oh no. I think, yeah. um, but a lot, a lot of good people uh, in that program who even like the year after, like Nathan Fielder was in the nice. year after us. So I was like, yeah, he it was kind of cool knowing him before knowing him before yeah. uh and like doing shows that like remember like when did you start doing comedy in toronto so right? not until it was a little bit later i moved to toronto in 2010 okay so yeah I was there was a place called the oasis nine maybe it was the end of 2009 Hang did on. you ever do a show at the savannah room no Where did you hear that? about the savannah room no so it's a it was like a bar on college I think it's a sushi place now it's like college in like just is that Augusta what's the like right before okay. you get into Kensington it's on college though perfect um yeah. and like rats would have fights oh. like in the corner while you're trying to do a show oh. like, oh, a fight. um but it was like a hole in the wall like this is because I did comedy before like comedy bar and all the actual comedy clubs so we did shows in the back of bars yeah or the basement I remember the crown and tiger was the oh the pee basement. one yeah <laughs> it did smell like pee it was pee uh noise <laughs> or even like the Brunswick house was a big yeah. comedy hub for a bit and if you know if you're from Toronto or whatever you that was known as like the college kind of date rape bar <laughs> oh <laughs> And then it became a Rexall, and now I don't know what it is. It's, isn't it still a Rexall? No, I think the Rexall closed. Oh, my goodness. What, the, in this economy, they're closing now, pharmacies. What, I really want to get my uh, my booster shot there because I wanted to just say I got it there. But yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I got it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, then, yeah, then I did comedy for a bit, and then I met, like, people like you, and did, we, I did storytelling. Remember when storytelling was, yeah, like, the was big like, thing? Yeah. Um. So I think that's when I met you at a storytelling show, right? Possibly. It would have probably have been one of Aaron Rodgers' storytelling. Cause she did. I believe so. A comedy bar. I think we're Aaron Rodgers, the football star. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I think of, uh, that dope. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so funny. Even thinking back to like the people you hung out with all the time. Yeah. Like a lot of the people I hung out with moved away. Like one of our best friends moved to, uh, Tasmania. So That's right. Oh. It's like me too. Wait a minute. We're talking about the same person. <laughs> I have four, I have four friends who all moved outside of Canada, met their husbands, and now will never come back. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just man. like, do I need to move away to meet uh, meet a partner? But yeah, I have a friend in LA, I have a friend in Chicago, you know, Mandy Sellers is yeah, there, then my friend Chris McGregor is in LA and then is Mandy still doing comedy? Because I knew that's why she moved. Like originally, it was like, let's you know, I'll I'll get this transfer at my job so I could do more comedy. 
I think, yeah, she was before, like obviously before COVID happened. I right, think she had okay. an improv troupe and was doing oh, amazing, doing very well. Uh, and I was going to go visit her. And then uh, yeah. I love Chicago. Oh my God. I city. love Chicago. Yeah. And now that I have a car, I'm like, I will drive there. Yeah. It's not a bad drive. It's a really enjoyable drive to Chicago. Yeah. I, I, mean, I had the first time I went, I had like, I was like, Chicago was like, us, like a, like people compare New York and Toronto. I think Chicago is closer to Toronto. Agreed. But it's way more arty, and like they they appreciate art more. I yeah. think in Toronto, and mm. we, we do, and uh, we do, yeah, we're know. like, well, we'll dedicate certain venues to like really fun, creative things, and then immediately turn them into condos. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was even like the Gladstone and stuff like that. They're like, we're gonna make this super artsy now. It's like a legit hotel, and I'm like, uh, eh. yeah. but the Drake, yeah. Oh, the Drake yeah. Underground. There was a place I used that to go. That was on. a cool place. You should watch uh, the National Theater of the World there after Bread and Circus shut down. Oh, the Bread and Circus. I had one of the worst stand up shows of my entire <laughs> life oh, at no. the Drake Underground. And it was for, remember? Um, oh, no. Uh, the, um, oh, it's going to leave my head now. The, uh, remember Diesel Playhouse? Uh, the, I never went the, to, but I heard a lot about it. It was the one that was like across the street from Second City. It was Second City, then Second okay. City moved, and now it's a condo. Oh no, it's a it's a hotel, that and I did up in there. The hotel. It was I went. I was weird. The ho- it looks nothing the same. Yeah, but um, the Tim Sims. There we go. The Tim Sims Awards. If you remember those, I did. I, I was nominated for one. Were you? Yeah, I wasn't. Win. I was pissed oh, okay. about it. Uh, so I had I was kind of getting ready for those. Uh, I was. I wasn't nominated, but I was, uh, I, I got to do the show for the show. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Or I got to try out, I guess. Okay, try out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Showcase Words. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I did, I did a show at the Drake and I remember, cause it was such like a hipster, like too cool show. And my, I was, I was kind of like teetering between like, um, like mainstream comedy and like like absurdist stuff so sometimes it hit and sometimes it didn't depending on the art uh like it was I don't know I, I watched a lot of Mr. Show and tried to do stuff like that but um so like I've never had like like crinkling of rappers and coughing you could just hear all that oh, stuff no. so I remember oh. I got off stage I just walked down the aisle and like my I was sitting in the aisle so I just grabbed my backpack and like left <laughs> and I didn't even oh. I didn't even say for the rest of the show. I was just like, I'm going to quit. I've done uh, Yeah, I've had that. And then I had my ticket show the next day. And it went really, really well. Oh, yeah, that's how it works, right? It did, it did so well. I thought I was going to get nominated. And then I didn't. And then what? someone told me I was like, I was like six out of the five. And I was just like, I quit. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who won my year. Who did win my year? It was a guy. Oh, Graham Chittenden I went to school with. Did he win? He's a really good stand-up. Yeah. um did he I win I know he was nominated though and I was very jealous <laughs> <laughs> uh but he's very very funny as well um but I had a really good Humber year I'm still I'm yeah. still in contact with a lot of them only one like went crazy okay there there's always the one person that you're like you're in comedy because yeah because <laughs> your brain is broken it's cheaper than therapy I guess yeah <laughs> you're like I can talk about uh all my issues on stage and you're like that's not funny. No, I don't want to. Yeah, that's not. Um, it's not the platform. I don't know. And then, and I'm trying to think of where, what, where the story started. I'm like, what else? Uh, yeah. Then comedy happened, and then I decided to go to makeup school. Right. And then, uh, I was 28, and everyone else was like 17, 18. So it was kind of like 
I'm just going to focus on school. And I, I made some, like, I, I'm still really good friends with three or four people I went to school with, but a lot of people, even now, like teaching there, there's a lot of people who go to makeup school who just want to, you know, have fun and play around with makeup. And there's people right. who actually are like wanting it as a job. Well, it's funny and you say that I, because I had that, the, this, the similar experience, but with Humber, right? Cause I went to Humber and it was a bit later. I was 20, I think I was 26 when I went to Humber. So everybody's like, yeah, you go into comedy. Not everybody is going to become a comedian. They don't know how to work yet. You know? Yeah. They're just fresh out of high school. So I could see how it'd be like, I just want to make my face look pretty. Yeah. Did well, you also have the kids that were like studying to be beauticians and stuff? Or is that a completely different? What's a beautician? Like, like what's the difference between a beautician and a makeup artist? I guess it's a job. Uh, I when I think of beautician, I think of people who work like more in retail than. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, at the Bay or something, or I don't know, like, are there not people that do your makeup in a, like a hairstylist setting kind yeah. of thing? So there's kind of different, like for the school that I like went to and now teach at, we teach just basic makeup. We don't teach like esthetician stuff. So we can't like, you know, um, face like, do, like the, and the, sorry, face mm. peels and no, yeah. uh, we can't do anything that might draw blood. Cause you oh. have to be, uh, you know, have your training for that or like shaping eyebrows or like you need to kind of be trained to do that. Like safely. Sure. So like, like, you know, I'll pluck a random stray hair, but like I won't <laughs> shape someone's eyebrow. Um, but yeah, people tend to go to makeup school um, for a different reason. Some people just want to kind of play around and learn makeup. Definitely like with my students, there are a few that I'm like, oh, you, you, you actually want to do this as a job. Um, and you, sometimes people, it takes a couple semesters for them to kind of find their way. Um, yeah. When I started, I didn't know, again, anything about makeup. I didn't even know makeup brands. Like I kind wow. of fell into it because I was like, I want to do special effects. And Were then you, like big into wearing makeup like before. No. Okay. <laughs> I still barely wear makeup. Um, I, I was like a, a cover girl pressed powder and like Maybelline gotcha. <laughs> great lash mascara girl. <laughs> um, I didn't fill in my eyebrows until like four years ago. Cause I was like, I don't need to. And then I'd start doing it. I'm like, Oh, it makes a difference. Um, oh. but like I'm, I, I'm the kind of makeup artist that doesn't, I, I think of makeup as it, it, expression. Like if you want to wear it to make yourself feel better, great. I don't think people need to wear it. Um, but if it helps yourself seem great, I think it's really needed for TV and film because the bright lights and the, yeah. Uh, that sort of thing brings out, you know, the imperfections of like that. Um, so being trained, there's different kind of specialties, like doing makeup for weddings, the application and products are very different than TV and film, which are very different than fashion. So mm. that's why I do like charity because we really kind of make sure that uh, the students are aware of that. It's not just the same, same thing, personal human being with makeup that they wear in, you know, natural sunlight, isn't going to look the same as in like a studio like you always, you know, you watch the news and you're like, why are they wearing so much makeup? Because they have to, because they're under such bright um, lights that if they don't wear like a thick cakey makeup, same in theater. If you ever yeah. went to theater school, you I all. Took, uh, I took dance growing up and we had to wear like, yeah, like so much like cakey powder on our faces for the. Yeah, that's because of. Uh, the spotlights. Is and... Sorry. Because of spotlights and the key lights and everything on you. Yeah. yeah. Cause also, otherwise. Like... Oh, yeah. I never got a spotlight. <laughs> I was always in the back. Oh, well, the stage lights themselves are really bright, though. Yeah. You're and in a dark too, room. 
yeah. And also to be seen from the very back of the theater. Um, uh, I remember Tricky Mattel uh, would always be like, so people could see me from the back of the, the room, but also from like down the street <laughs> to be mm. able to. So that's why like things like winged liner and yes, lashes yes. and a big overdrawn red lip was such a big thing, especially anyone who was eight and took dance school, uh, yeah. <laughs> having to wear that makeup because of, again, uh, in theater. So you could see the eyes, you can see the mouth move. Um, we've all, you know, got our tickets to Hamilton and sat in the very back and we're like, can't see them. So that's why they do. They all wear red lips and stuff. So you can see their mouths move. Hmm. Um, it's kind of, you still can't really see their faces, but it does help. Um, but that's why that's important. And to contour the face out because when the light's on you, it kind of makes your features all flat. So, oh, look, that person has cheeks. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but in real life, if you did that, you would look, uh, strange Pretty intense. Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah I always say like makeup again you can do whatever you want if it makes you feel good there are kind of rules to that make you look the most flattering and to work with your bone structure but I when I first started you know this when I first started doing makeup I was really like hard on being like it's wrong wow <laughs> that makeup looks crazy their eyebrows are weird and now I'm more of a you know if it makes them feel good great but again trying to teach them why we do makeup versus doing makeup like why we put makeup where we do yeah. uh like some people they watch a youtube tutorial and they're like oh this is where i put the eyeshadow i'm like well that's how mm. they put on their eyeshadow because yeah. they have a certain eye shape it's going to be different for you yeah, how do i put on eyeshadow my eyeshadow always like goes away in seconds you probably need an eye primer that might do use an eye primer nope I don't Damn. even know what those words mean. I'm going to look up. So it's just like, um, I'm not like, there's face primers and eye primers. Eye primer just is like a grippy oh, okay. surface for things to stick. And then, cause I always get creasy. Like I get a little eyeshadow crease. So that helps you not get that. Perfect. But you probably have slightly hooded eyes. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I wear glasses. So I don't have to wear eye makeup actually. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I was, this for... <laughs> I was starting to wear uh, contacts more often. And I was like, Oh, glasses. I feel are that security blanket where you're like, I look so awake when I wear glasses. Cause you can't see my under <laughs> eye. Yeah. I say I, that's why I wear them. I also wear them because I'm very blind. <laughs> so blind. How blind are you? Like, not quite legally blind, but pretty bad. I'm at like negative, like negative seven. eight. Oh, pretty oh, close. Uh, negative seven. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Nick? How's your prescription? Are you pretty fucking bad? brutal. <laughs> uh, and because I'm getting older now, I'm having a tough time reading stuff oh, near, no. To, no. which is, <laughs> which is like, well, my eye doctor's like, oh, you need bifocals. I'm like, no, I'm taking off my glasses because I could read that fine. And it feels like I'm giving my eyes a break. It's oh, lovely. There you go. Yeah. That, well, that'll yeah, probably only last a little while. <laughs> You'll probably have to get those. Uh, well, whatever. I'm going to ride this out as long as I can. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I want to get laser eyes. Yeah. I'm afraid of, uh, I'm afraid I'm of procedure, afraid. but yeah. But if you've got like, if you've got courage, then I say go for it. <laughs> yeah, I like my eyes have stayed the same. Like they maybe go up or down like okay. 0.25. So the doctor said I'm, a, I'm a good candidate, but yeah. I, uh, the whole like I already have astigmatism so like, you know like when you drive and you see like the like the star patterns around lights do you get that I do when I'm not wearing my glasses yeah so I feel like it's gonna get worse because mm. if you get mm. it with I don't know there's, there's things about laser eye surgery that Does I'm sure I've been astigmatism? I don't know no because that's the shape of your eye though yeah I think my eyes like, is like an eye egg. shape <laughs> oh bro <laughs> shave it down like a grape yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh yeah like I know like your sight in darkness isn't as good and I'm just like I'm such a I'm such a night person I go to bed at like 10 p.m so it wouldn't (laughs) affect me at all but the little things I'm just like it's so permanent that I'm just Mm -hmm. afraid of it but also I have permanent indents in the back of my ears from glasses so I'd love to not yeah then people say get your glasses fitted like I do I just have such a skinny head that glasses don't stay on oh they're not as bad anymore but I also have like the nose imprints that I'm just like I'm yeah. I'd love not to have that yeah or to like wake up and see never had imagine? that yeah, that, that must happened. be neat that happened yeah. once when I was super drunk and fell asleep with my contacts <laughs> it's like uh-huh. <laughs> oh this was bad <laughs> <laughs> my because my sight isn't super super bad. I'm like negative four okay. in one eye and then negative two in the other. Oh. And there's been a few times I've woken up and I'm like, you think you can see? And I've almost left the house without my glasses. And then I went, oh, <laughs> oh, the world. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just the I feel like I feel like almost everybody needs glasses now. Like I feel everybody like no nobody who doesn't have some sort of prescription or needs a prescription. Yeah big eyewear has gotten to us yeah That's i know right that's right it's all big it's ray-ban it's everything mm. <laughs> just ray-ban what other i don't know any other glasses friends are yours they ray-ban me. they're ray-ban warby okay. parker warby yeah parker. These? these are from my eye doctor i don't even know yeah i don't like i feel like my justification is i don't really buy a lot of high-end anything so and i need glasses constantly so high-end glasses. I said that after saying I have an iMac. Okay, glasses and computers. <laughs> the things, the things like, you use all the time. Yeah, the things that you no, constantly. Yeah. I'm gonna say something my mom taught me because I also grew up in like a house that um, we didn't really spend money on high-end things. Like we shopped in thrift stores before thrift stores were cool, that sort of thing. Um, but my mom has said to me recently, it's so corny. It's like buy it nice or buy it twice. Mm. So if mm. you go cheap, you're probably gonna. It's gonna break and you're gonna have to buy it again so like with furniture i've tried even though ikea has gotten a lot better than it was like dan hates 20 years ago hates ikea (laughs) well like my my lovely desk here is ikea and my table's ikea and that's ikea i I love it i don't get me wrong ikea just dan i think he just doesn't want to put things together himself i think it's as easy yeah yeah but being able to instead of getting like the the you know the the 15 dollar like only put together with those tiny pegs that you're like, why is it breaking? Uh, <laughs> actually spending the money has been really like the things I've purchased because I spent like 20 more dollars or like even a hundred more dollars. Like, even though I wasn't an, again, Apple plug, even though I wasn't an Apple person, uh, I've had this computer for a year and nothing has happened to it. Knock on all the wood, my Ikea fake wood. Um, <laughs> The desk just breaks. But compared to like, I've had, um, I had numerous other computers that either like the power cord or just like Mm. would shut down and the hard drive would explode or whatever. And I'm just like, it's been so nice to just know that uh, hopefully nothing will happen to it. Again, watch later be like, retract that. My computer exploded. Um, My power cord kind of frayed for my Mac laptop, but it was like after seven years of using it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. For a while, my, it's because it like, it's kind of my own fault that a lot of my power cords would break because I'd use everything in bed. And then that like, you'd move it around so much that it would loosen like the connection. And like, that's kind of my fault. But um, I find now, because I do, I I splurged beginning of pandemic. I was like, (laughs) money has no, (laughs) because I had no money. I wasn't making any income. So I was just like, 
I'm just going to buy stuff to make myself feel better. Cause in my head, I was like, well, I'm not going out to like, you know, comedy shows right. or um, movies, or I didn't really do a lot before pandemic anyway, but in my head, I was like, but I can now buy that new da, 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 cause I'm not spending the extra money. I'm not going on trips. Cause I was, I used to go, I used to travel a bit. Uh, that was my very, like, I was like, I validated all my purchases in my brain to make myself feel better. <laughs> that's what, yeah. That's what we do. I feel as, as artists who don't, uh, make a ton of money, uh, on a, you know, like consistent, like, or know when it's basis, coming or no, is yeah, always exactly. been the fun part, especially being like a makeup artist, uh, oh. some, cause sometimes you get paid, like, depending if you're working on like a union job versus a non-union job union jobs you get paid every two weeks versus non-union you get paid whenever they feel like giving it to you so um are you sometimes you get paid right away Hmm? are you do you have to be hang on there's a union that you're part of for being a makeup artist so not for being a makeup artist working in film so well if you want to if you want to you can um get like an agent work for an agency if you want to work Mm -hmm. in fashion so you'd work for like the same agencies that have models and all that jazz um for makeup, you can be in the film union. So you can be in either Etsy or Nabet. Okay. Um, so I worked with some shows in the summer this year, uh, last year, whatever year it is, uh, <laughs> last year, 21. It's 2022. Um, yeah. So uh, with Time those- Time is a flat circle. It's all good. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. When everyone's like, new year, new me. I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Later, uh, Nothing changes. We are all dying. And- <laughs> no one can see it but uh good old no fun shirt of aging and dying um but uh what was I saying oh yeah union uh so yeah working for the union is great because again it's a union so you know you're gonna get paid you know how much you're gonna get paid it can't get changed when you work on non-union stuff I've, I haven't had too many horror stories of working on. Oh, that's a lie. I've, when I first started <laughs> out, I had some really bad experiences, no. but um, now I trust my gut more. Like I can, I, I'm willing to say no to jobs now versus when I was first starting out. Cause I, one couldn't, cause I needed the money. And Damn. two, I just, I would take anything cause I just wanted to work. And now it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, don't feel I, mean, like I don't know. That's progress, right? It's good to know that you have uh that you're in a place where you don't, you know, you could be more discerning. Yeah. That, I think that like career wise, like I'm still like figuring stuff out where I want to go, but, uh, being able to say no, when you hit that point where you're like, eh, I'd rather like do nothing than make like 200 bucks. Like that rates too low for me yeah. was a really kind of validating time. Um, like obviously I'll still work for, uh, uh, a lower, lower, priced job if I feel like it's going to serve me in a uh artistic way creative way like if I got to make something cool for something and they're like here's all we have and I but I know that they're being truthful about that there's sometimes ooh, there's sometimes productions don't feel like a makeup artist is important so they'll pay everyone their normal rates and then try to get a free makeup artist who is just out of school or isn't even trained and specifically now, that's so gross. Well, not gross, but no, no, I'm gonna say gross because a lot of people mm-hmm. who are fully trained don't understand uh, sanitation. We're working around eyeballs and yeah. mouths and nostrils that 
uh, you can easily give someone a cold sore or a sty or pink eye or even like a staph infection. Um, awesome. Isn't that disgusting? If you have like dirty brushes or you, you know, have dirty makeup. And a lot of the time, uh, I don't think a lot of productions even thought about that. Now with like COVID. coronavirus, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what? what's happening uh, with that? <laughs> not knowing what kind of mask to wear, uh, not you know, sanitizing in between people more so than you used to, that sort of thing. So if you get someone who's newer, they don't have that like, um, well, sometimes newer, again, this is not all the time. Some new, newer people are great, but someone who either is right out of school who isn't used to um, speaking up and saying like, I need more time with these actors because I have to clean in between people or they have like five actors jammed in a trailer or I'm, I'm saying trailer because in fancy productions, usually they have a trailer and non-fancy, mm. usually like, can Where you work in this bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you set up on, uh, oh, but we also, this is the only working bathroom on set. So <laughs> everybody's going to come in here. To oh, so I've had yep. to leave for someone to take like a dump and, and go, <laughs> go back, back oh and finish up. the glamour, the glitz. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's some productions aren't willing to pay because they assume that it doesn't matter. Or even during the pandemic in general, a lot of productions weren't just not having makeup artists because uh, I think because of insurance reasons, because we have to work with actors so closely, um, they were just getting actors to do their own makeup. And I had a lot of friends who were like, I'm working on a commercial and I have to do my makeup. Can you help me? Yeah. Can you teach me through Zoom? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I worked on a couple of things where I actually was over Zoom showing them how to put the makeup on for, um, a commercial and then I also worked at a movie in 2020 2020 yeah. in sentence where I was just on zoom and I taught them how to do even like special effects stuff uh, I would and that was kind of cool like, yeah, it ended up pretty cool okay. but uh but that was like to prove like movies can still be made during okay. a pandemic now I won't I won't do that again <laughs> <laughs> well were they paying you for that were they paying yeah you oh yeah they paid me for that um, they paid, yeah, they paid me for my time. Uh, but back to like not getting paid, it, the, the, it always bugged me. Cause they'd be like, well, the, you know, well, you know, it's good for your portfolio. It's like, how much, how much stuff do you think I need in my portfolio? Like, <laughs> they're like thinking that we have like a, a, this encyclopedia portfolio. I'm like, no, we have like 25 photos. I don't need your badly produced movie in my <laughs> 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 Yeah. So I don't know. It just that's kind of a beef that I have with the industry. Well, the industry. Some of those movies that I, I would even consider right being in the industry. But I don't know. <laughs> There's my tangent of uh, <laughs> uh, just anger because I don't like being in general in life. I don't like getting treated like I'm not important <laughs> in any way. Yeah. So as a makeup artist, getting kind of shit on by uh, productions because they didn't bother to find like four hundred dollars for me or like whatever. So, yeah, that's brutal. I mean, it's the same with anything. Like, what if you had like a, I don't know, who knows? Like, if, you're not going to have like an AD or a director be like, no, oh, I guess I'll come in for nothing. You know, like why treat everybody's essential on this film set, you know? But what always, always makes me laugh too is I mentioned this yet. I was on set yesterday. Good time. Uh, that was a good set. Oh, good. Uh, but um, 
I was talking to the camera guy and he was like, oh yeah, I bought all my own equipment and it's probably $10,000. And I was like, you want to hear something crazy? That bag full of makeup is about $10,000 worth of product. Oh, wow. And I think a lot of people forget how expensive it is. And not to... just expensive. It's not like you can <laughs> You mean you didn't just go one... to shoppers for that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like you can there just are buy some like one... makeup for that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just buy this one expensive thing. But no, you have to buy it for like every single tone and color of face. And yeah. Yeah. So- uh, and that's another thing is making sure you hire a makeup artist who knows how to do makeup on everybody and not yeah. just uh, their own skin tone. Um, so yeah, having to buy also not even just like different colors, different like textures, yeah. different like different kinds of concealer for different types of skin, different kinds of foundation for different types of skin. Every eyeshadow known to man. Um, <laughs> brushes, like brushes for a zillion people. Like once you start working, like more and more, obviously we are going to build up more stuff. But, um, for me, when COVID hit and I didn't work for like almost a, not a year, but like six to eight months, I wasn't working a lot. I had to throw out a lot of makeup. So when I had to, oh, right. um, cause everything expires. So yeah, yeah. Usually, usually it doesn't expire cause I use it up, but, uh, I didn't. So having to repurchase stuff was like, especially when you hadn't been working, I was just like, eh. and I think that's what a lot of people do forget. Like we, we not only have to repurchase stuff, we have to replenish stuff because yeah. it gets washed off. And it doesn't of last and forever, even, yeah. Yeah, and stuff we throw out, like cotton balls and Q-tips. <laughs> for and, bigger productions and, yeah. and stuff, do you get to invoice productions for like makeup that you buy? It depends. It depends on what you're working on. Sometimes they'll give you a budget and they'll mm -hmm. like, there's different kind of statuses. So sometimes they'll give you a budget and you can go buy stuff usually production should give you a kit fee. So the kit fee covers kind of what you use per day. So depending okay, cool. on, what you're on uh, it could be like 25, 50 bucks, special effects, sometimes more because special effects makeup costs more. Um, sure. But that usually covers stuff that you already have in your kit. Then they usually give you a budget for stuff that you might not have in your kit. Like if you're working on a big, you know, gory special effects thing, I'm not going to have like three gallons of blood on me. <laughs> I actually do One have a gallon of maybe. <laughs> You know, actually, I should look. I probably have at least a gallon somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, stuff that you have to buy that's not something that you'd usually have. Sometimes you get an actor that specifically wants a certain something. You have to go out and buy it for them. Um, I haven't had super picky actors, but uh, some some of them like specific colors and stuff. So uh, you get production to cover that. So usually they'll cover that stuff. And if, if you're working okay. on has like a zillion background people they usually mm. cover that usually yeah. they should not it's not even a usual thing they should cover it right. but some don't but they should crazy man crazy yeah. uh i was shooting how about like can i i'm gonna ask this question as an actor uh how much is like is good chit chat okay or is it just shut up actor <laughs> the makeup artist is working I'm very, it depends on the makeup artist. I'm very, you know this, I'm very chatty. Uh, and sometimes too chatty where I take up too much time. Um, <laughs> it depends. I'm, I like a good conversation. I don't like when actors just shit talk people because that happens no. a lot. They shit talk production mm -hmm. and I get stuck in the middle and I'm just like, eh. Because like well, I talk so to- like, I'll, oh, this is taking forever or, or that, what is- Or, or they'll like talk crap about another actor. Like it's happened before where they end up- um, or talking about like the director. I worked in a film 
that there was a big rift between the actors and the director. And I was like, I'm in the middle. And then they got in a fight oh. makeup room and I was like, I'm doing makeup. And I had to listen to it. And I was like, I feel uncomfortable. But, uh, but conversation, yeah. Um, again, it de- it's going to depend on the makeup artist because some are kind of quiet and don't want to talk, but um, I'm always I like a good, a good convo, but also I like having good conversations anyway. And I, I try to, I personally try to feel out the actor because I know okay. some actors, uh, if they're more method or if they uh, need to go through lines, they like to have it be quiet. So mm. sure. I'm talking about my burger commercials. So as far as lines <laughs> go, wasn't that <laughs> well, it's, yeah, mm, this is a tasty burger. Yum, my yum. one thing though, this is my one thing I don't like about uh and almost every actor does it. When I'm doing eyes or eyeshadow, I get them to close their eyes, but sometimes they kind of open one eye and close one eye to read their script. Um, but like try mm. closing one eye and having a flat eyelid that yeah, no. you can't do that. No. But they think they can. <laughs> so it's like me. Um, or coming to set with like, especially if I'm doing hair, like sopping wet hair. <laughs> not, even, oh. not even just slightly damp hair. Like, like unless it's like a downpour, like that's, right. I'll deal with it. But like what to dry someone's hair and then style it takes so long. Oh, yeah. And especially because it's like, you got to get done. Got to get done. Like they don't care. Uh, they just want to get people's done. hair too. I, I try, I try not to anymore. <laughs> uh, but when I was first working out, a lot of like lower budget non-union stuff will get you to do hair or any kind of like actor headshot. Gotcha. Uh, fashion stuff usually gets people to do hair and makeup because usually if it's a lower budget thing, they can save a little bit of money. Right. Um, but then you can make a little bit more money. Nice. Uh, hmm. Sometimes, or sometimes you just pay the same rate as just doing makeup. But if it's just like n- normal, like a ponytail or waves or something, it's usually not a big deal. But if they want like a style, I'm like, get a, get a hair person. Yeah. yeah. And also <laughs> in general, I thought you were going to say, get the fuck out of here. Go out of my room. Get out of my trailer. <laughs> no, I think a lot of the time, uh, this goes for weddings. This goes for TV film as well. Um, it just, it takes less time. Just hire one more person. Like hire a hair person, hire a makeup person. Um, and that, and also it's safer with COVID too, right? So um, I know it's an extra person, but it's like having two people getting done at the same time across from each other is just will take way less time. So uh, a lot of people think they're going to save money by getting a hair and makeup person, but like for weddings, like if you, it just takes so much time. Yeah. So especially if you like eight bridesmaids, it's like you have one person doing eight people or like two people doing eight people. Like, yeah, most of the time they'll bring somebody with them too, you know, like, so in addition to whatever they quoted you as far as, you know, their service. Usually depend. They usually know better and the quote, yeah. Uh, like for me, I, I, if I do more than, I'd say five is my max. Cause then I get too tired and I don't want to. And like, I like m- making money, but it hits a point where I'm like, I'm too tired. I can't do anymore. Yeah. People. I'm not going to make your hair look good. I'm exhausted <laughs> or your yeah. face look good. I'm done. Or like that. it takes five hours. Uh, like it's five yeah. hours of straight yeah. work, which I, like for most people are like, huh? But, but like you're standing. With, hopefully with the bride, hopefully they're treating you good giving you some mimosas while you're at it, letting you see. You know what though? When I first started doing like bridal makeup, I'd be like, yeah, I'll totally have one. And then I remember <laughs> one day I hadn't eaten breakfast and I had a, a really boozy mimosa. And I was like, I still like two people left. And I was like, I want to have a nap. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't finish this. Um, the best is when I do for like friends weddings and they are like, just, just hang out after we're going to go take photos. And I stay in the hotel room 
drinking whatever booze is like hanging out. Nice. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole different world. But yeah, a lot of people try to save money by only getting one person, but try to get more people. Just makes time go faster, and time is money. That's right. Have you heard, have you heard that before? That <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. We got, we got this a coin excellent that one. quote from Megan Fraser. Time, time is money. Um, yeah, well, that's awesome. I mean, I guess you mentioned a couple of the struggles because usually we'll ask this question, but you did mention a couple of them just kind of naturally. But is there anything hmm. else, like as a makeup artist, as a working artist in this field, is there anything that you're, you know, that you're particularly struggling with these days? Other than COVID. COVID, COVID I was like, yeah. well, do you <laughs> there's this kind of global pandemic yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, oh, I'm so glad I picked a career that I have to be around maskless faces <laughs> and touch people's face. Um, struggle it's, without COVID. Um, when you're first starting, especially when you're first starting out to be a makeup artist, it's hard to like, in general, like, I feel like the respect of the job because at first when I would tell people I'm a makeup artist like oh do you work at Mac I'm like no I work in no no offense people work at Mac that's yeah, a totally fine Mac. job <laughs> but I'd be like no I'm like I've trained for years to right. work in TV and film so to gain like so now I just say I do special effects makeup because that always makes people <laughs> way more <laughs> impressed than just like regular yeah. makeup oh yeah do you work on it and then you get to say like your credits and they're like oh um <laughs> that I find like uh, for me at the very beginning, I didn't have, like, I just got a car for the first time yeah. and trying to get around the city with like mm. a huge makeup kit. Yeah, was like, like, how heavy is your makeup kit? Uh, think of like, if you're going on a vacation with like a big suitcase, like for like, say like two weeks, it'd probably oh. be the same time, but also like, depends what I'm doing. Cause I either have that and then a smaller bag. And then sometimes I have to bring a chair with me. Sometimes I have to bring lighting with me, depending on where I'm going. Cause sometimes they oh, don't wow. have chair so sometimes you have to this is also a struggle sometimes you show up and they only have like really short chairs and as a tall person i have to be hunched over yeah. uh, especially if you're doing four or five people's makeup so um if they don't have a chair for um you know a taller stool like a yeah. something taller um so i always keep one in my car now but lighting because sometimes again i worked on a commercial where uh they couldn't find a place for me the first place we're like, Hey, the washroom, like I'm not doing makeup in a washroom. Yeah. Then they asked me if I could do makeup outside. And I was like, it's hot out. It's going to my stuff and whatever. So they found me a spot in a basement of this house we were shooting in and no joke, literally had one of those dangling light bulbs. (laughs) And that's (laughs) a murder bulb. So I had to have the person like lean back and kind of look directly into that light bulb. So I could, (sighs) so after that day, I was like, I need to have a lighting, lighting in my kit. Um, so I just bought this like not a c-stand lighting it's pretty pretty uh easy to tote around but i look uh it's wild walking around with like 30 bags Yeah, without a car getting on the ttc or the go train that was that was the thing and also like to uh, stay inspired like it to stay because i know during this pandemic a lot of makeup artists quit or uh like decide to start their families so they could you know mm. come back to it in a few years which you know good decision if you're going to have a family um but uh to try to stay uh kind of stay positive and start, try to stay stick with it that's back to i think we we went off uh on back to my body painting how that started um to bring that back from way earlier Thank you. that's one of the reasons why <laughs> uh one of the reasons i started doing the body painting was because i wasn't working i was bored 
Um, so I did, uh, I think the first one that really made people laugh, it was also because people were enjoying it and laughing at it was when I did Borat. Um, <laughs> people thought that was hilarious. And I was like, okay. And then it became a thing where people were kind of expecting it. So I felt like I had to keep doing it. Um, and then it same with this is always what happens to me on Halloween too. I overdo it or I do something that ends up, you know, being cool. And then I get stressed out of trying to make it cooler each time I do it. Yeah, and then that, what was my, your record for winning that, that, uh, contest? I, what, five years in a row. I won five years in a row. And then I got third, the sixth year and then last or this year, or last year, uh, I lost, but I knew as soon as I walked in, uh, I think people were like, Ugh. like they were like kind of afraid of me because it was a kind of a scary costume, but not in a horror <laughs> scary way. I went as a hybrid human pig version of this. Baby. <laughs> it was kind of, it, I looked at myself going, I look, this is actually like in people's nightmares. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, the people who won, um, Alan dressed as uh, Andre 3000 from the Polaroid uh, video. Oh, yeah, okay. And I, as soon as he walked in, I was like, I was like, that's so good. He's like, he's going to win. Uh, and then our friend Anders went as uh, Jessica Rabbit. That's so right. any, like a drag Jessica Rabbit, that's going to win. Yeah. So I was just like, whatever. Uh, but it was so funny because Gary, who runs Comedy Bar, was like, oh, you lost. And I was like, it had to happen at some point. I'm like, I'll come back next year with like a blow up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I always joke and say I'm going to Yeah, don't spoil it. You well, it's oh, like I usually don't come up. In. No, I usually don't come up with it until like, a month i don't even know like ne- i always say i'm like i'm not gonna go out next year and then i yeah. spend five hundred dollars a month but i think i'm favorite do, of yours. i want to do more of a build than a prosthetic oh, thing. oh cool i loved your uh little shop one that was i think my favorite i think that was one of my favorite costumes uh more. going as uh seymour from little shop of horrors i think my favorite though is when i went as captain planet i like that one <laughs> I think maybe it's because it. I wasn't there. I think I was at the party for the for Seymour, and maybe I just saw Captain Planet, which I remember being like, "Oh, that's awesome!" But I didn't actually interact with you, you know, yeah. like because Seymour, you had Audrey too. It was a puppet. puppet. It was actual... <laughs> but also thinking back to that too, I did everything with one hand because my hand was in a puppet, the entire time. <laughs> and then I had a fake arm. So that was fun because I could scare people and be like, "Man, eh. uh, I jump at them." <laughs> Yeah, Captain. I, I think I just like Captain Planet because I built it entirely from scratch. Well, I, actually, I did Seymour from scratch too. I don't know. They both were really good costumes. Yeah, back then I was like thinking back to like those costumes, like my my early comedy bar one, uh, and I was just like, yeah, those were kind of just easier. Like they were busy, but not as uh, obscure, I guess, as a human big hybrid that I wanted to do. Yeah. Like even going as the Count, like the Halloween that I didn't go anywhere was still a bit easier in my head. I don't know. It was, it's, it was so weird. I think you're trying to outdo um, yourself. I'm trying to outdo myself. Like, yeah. like one, Oh, when did I almost lose a comedy bar? And it was like, no, no offense. If this person is listening to this, they went as, Oh, I can't remember what they were. They were literally wearing a cardboard box though. <laughs> like very, wasn't great, but people were cheering for them. And then I was dressed as I think that was the year I was the lady gremlin from gremlins too. Nice. Uh, and I almost lost to somebody just wearing a cardboard box. And I was like, I made these prosthetics from scratch. Oh. I made this big, I made the outfit. Um, and again, no offense to like, again, a, a homemade costume, but I was just like, really? 
<laughs> or what happened? Do you, I'm not sure if you remember this. I submitted my costume when I went as the female alien from Mars Attacks. Yeah. I submitted oh, man, to an man. online contest and then I lost to a guy dressed as the cable guy because oh. he was making the, the Jim Carrey face wearing a jumpsuit that he no. bought from an army oh, supply store. And I was so mad. That's just, that's just, uh, <laughs> that's just all political. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, it was bribery for sure. <laughs> no, I just thought it was so funny. I was like, I spent a month making that costume. He was the cable guy. Aww. He just had a warehouse jumpsuit that he already owned. Yeah. He, or it was one of those things that, you know, those people who just go as the same thing every year. Right. Like I've dated some of those people <laughs> and I'm just like, you can't, you don't love Halloween. <laughs> Actually, one of my boyfriends, one of my numerous boyfriends, that makes it sound like I've had, like, <laughs> I've had like four boyfriends ever. Uh, we broke up because we got in a fight on Halloween about our costumes. <laughs> oh my. Oh no. Hey, look, if this is something you're serious about and you're passionate about. Yeah, for about, sure. Then you're you put that in my Bumble setup. profile. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Are you not in one of your Halloween costumes for your That's, Bumble profile? Actually, my dating site is mostly my Halloween costumes because I just want to see the reaction it gets. Yeah. And the reaction is no one swipes right on me. <laughs> <laughs> on the, really, on the human piggy hybrid, it's not a popular. Uh, yeah. My and like my tits were out in that costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's because I also put like mud <laughs> like in my cleavage I love that Nick is there anything you would like to add on the subject of dirt in your cleavage, in cleavage I got nowhere to go after that one particularly <laughs> <laughs> uh, well Megan thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us um if you want uh, if you want to follow Megan, is there where where can people you know look at your cool body art and do you have you know a website or anything like that so people can follow you? Yeah, my uh, my Instagram is at Meg Fraser M E G F R A S E R. My website's just Megan. My website's just Megan Fraser. I have kind of some cool stuff on there, like my special effects stuff, and I make puppets and stuff as well. If you want to see me complain about uh anti-vaxxers my twitter <laughs> oh yes please my uh that's my new thing right now it, no it's been two years uh is uh, <laughs> megan fraser at megan fraser so i post a lot of my makeup on twitter as well but um i try to be funny on there but also yell at people yeah <laughs> that's one um, should that sounds like that's what twitter's for <laughs> Uh, anyway, on that note, Meg, you <laughs> want to say struggle on with us? That's how we close our show. Okay. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Struggle, struggle on. Struggle on. Okay. <laughs>so that was episode 75 of the Constant Struggle Podcast. If you'd like more information about Megan Frazier, we're going to put all of Megan's uh, social media information and her website up on our show notes and you can access those on our website at theconstantstruggle.podbean.com. So you can have, head over there if you want to take a look at Megan's cool art that she posts on her Instagram uh, mm -hmm. and her cool opinions that she posts on Twitter. <laughs> yep. Great episode. Uh, and her pictures totally go along with the episodes too. So mm -hmm. yeah, make sure you go and check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like this episode and found it helpful, share it around, you know, spread it about. And uh, maybe it'll help someone, uh, someone else's artsy 
struggles along the way, along their journey. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, You can really help us out on our journey. If you like, share, and subscribe to our podcast and to our episodes at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and I just heard about Good Pods, and it sounds like a pretty cool one, too. So we should check out Good Pods. Mm, Okay. Uh, And uh, don't forget to like, follow us on the Twitter at StrugglePod. Like our Facebook fan page at The Constant Struggle Podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. Are you ready for this, Nick? Mm. Struggle Struggle on. on!